0: You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, Live Different Podcast listeners? As you know, travel, performance, health are all major cornerstones of what we talk about here on the podcast. And if you are interested in learning a little bit more about those things and really diving a little bit deeper into your own practice, you got the opportunity to come hang out with me in Costa Rica, Rancho Margot, deep in the rainforest near the Arenal Volcano, if you want to come on our yoga retreat with under 30 experiences this April 24th through 29th. No, you do not need to be under 30. In fact, our groups with our yoga retreats generally skew a little bit older. And it's just a really awesome community. If you want to deepen your practice, even if you've never practiced before, this is a good opportunity to jump into that. And, uh, you know, it's something for all levels because yoga, of course, is a personal practice, something that has completely changed my life. Uh, We are going to be talking a lot about mindfulness and also going on some adventures in the rainforest. And, uh, we're just staying on a just an incredible. Eco Lodge, world renowned place for sustainability. I'm talking plants and trees growing on top of the roofs of our bungalow. It's just a, a really neat experience, a really neat place, and uh, hopefully one that will make as much impact on, on the attendees as this place and this practice have made on me. So we'd we'll love to see you there. If you have any questions, you can Uh, send me a message on Instagram, at Wilson TV. would love to interact, love to build community, create a supportive network, and this is what we're all about. So hope I get to spend some time with you. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the upcoming episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with our very special guest, Ash Kumra. He is a media entrepreneur, radio host, meditation coach and someone that I'm very excited to speak with, especially after I've seen his TEDx talk, his website, Youngri, and he is into something that he has called mindful hustle. So Ash, welcome. I'm excited to chat with you today.
1: Hey, brother. It's so good to be here. I really appreciate all the work that you're doing for what I call this next generation of people and keep up the good work. Under 30 is awesome. I've seen it. Over the last uh, couple of years it's get better and better, and I love some of the guests you have on this podcast so I'm honored thank you thank
0: you i I appreciate it and I uh, would love to have you i i know I introduce you to the audience a little bit, but could you tell people a little bit more about yourself if you don't mind uh, maybe share your your brief story?
1: yeah, you know as I get older and I feel like I'm younger because I'm just so creative as I embark on this journey of entrepreneurship. And I and I feel that the older I get, the less I use to explain myself. So really simple. I am a communicator. I run a national radio show interviewing entrepreneurs and influencers. I am a media entrepreneur by creating events and experiences for high-growth entrepreneurs with my company, Youngry, which I'm a co-founder of. And... Outside of that, my own personal brand, I do speaking in programs around meditation and mindfulness geared for the, the business kind of communities.
0: Okay, excellent. So could you tell us a little bit more how you got into mindfulness? I know that you were an entrepreneur working on a startup. And as you explained yeah. in the in your TEDx talk, uh, that everybody can go out and see that. We'll, we'll link all this up on the show notes, under30experiences.com slash blog. But uh, if you don't mind telling people how kind of how you found your
1: passion. Yeah, so I've always been interested in doing things that make myself happy. And I always said to myself, you know, as long as like I could enjoy what I do, then I'm going to keep doing it. In fact, you know, I think people become entrepreneurs for different reasons. Some people do it for the independence, some people do it for controlling the amount of income they can make. Some people do it for the flexibility. Those are all great reasons. And for me, it was never about that. Like I have no issues working for a company. For me it was just like I just want to do things that make me happy. And I always knew that being a creator is that And so as I got into entrepreneurship, I noticed a pattern where I would get a lot of external fame or money or success, but I wasn't feeling happy inside. And in a sense, it was kind of a fraudulent feeling because how can I be helping change lives and doing things to help others if I myself wasn't changing for the good either? It was this weird like, Feeling inside, and I didn't really tell it to a lot of people for a while. And now I like love to tell everyone about it because it's you know, being open is the way to go, at least the way I live. So I realized that I reached this point and I got stuck. And I said, "Okay, what is going on?" And then I just closed my eyes, and then I kind of got this guided voice that just said, "The answer is within you." Like it literally was. It wasn't like words you know like you see those movies where you know this godlike voice with echoes it was just like this whisper that felt inside of me and i just said okay what does that mean and then i just kept closing my eyes further and i just realized wow like i've always done meditation but i never realized that i could use meditation to like connect with my purpose i just did it more for like calming myself and the moment that happened slowly but surely, like my whole life just centered around this meditation, mindfulness stuff. And one thing I liked about some of your other interviews, in fact, I liked that one we talked about, Daniel Piazza, is that if you talk to someone where they are a year from now or three years ago or five years ago, you'd have a different conversation. Like that TED Talk you mentioned, I was in a different state of my life. And I started to realize mindfulness on a small level then. But now I, at the point of my life, just to end this answer, I realized that there's way more to life than just business hustle and fame and money and success and accolades. And I had some pretty big accolades, which I can talk about, which kind of made me realize that like there's more to to go than this.
0: Okay. Could we start by explaining to people maybe the definition of mindfulness that you go by? Because there's a lot of different translations. There's a lot of different types of mindfulness that people can practice. Uh, Tibetan mindfulness is different from Zen. the definition that the Zen folks would use. And now we have a whole lot of mic mindfulness in Western culture (laughs) where it's just being thrown all over the place. So how do you define mindfulness?
1: Very simple. Connecting with your center self. That's it. And if you're a religious type of person, that's Connecting with the God within you. If you're more of that pure atheist, scientific, like I call that the whole bulletproof coffee biohacking version, it's connecting with that, you know, that inner side of your body or stillness. And if you're, you know, a Buddhist Zen or that kind of hybrid of the biohacking and religious type, then it's just connecting with that divine energy within. That's the whole goal. Because when you reach this inner self, you develop control over yourself. I firmly believe that your inner creates your outer. Now, there are things that are out of that. For instance, you can't control the rain or you can't control, you know, if a protest happens in L.A. and you're sitting in like where I am in Newport Beach. You know, there's certain things that I don't feel I have a direct control of. But those are all outer things. But I can control to my best ability. The way I want to feel, the people I want to associate with, the opportunities I want to do, like this opportunity, and the more I'm connected within myself, the better authentic decisions I'll make from the inner. And that's kind of how I see mindfulness.
0: Okay, so for people who are still trying to conceptualize this, maybe that they've not had a direct experience in their life, and they're like, Ash... What are you talking about inside? What what do you you mean have a connection with inside or this idea of self versus your ego uh, versus all these concepts that are very difficult for people to fully wrap their heads around? I mean, God, it's one of the great mysteries of life, I guess. So could you talk about exactly what people are looking
1: for? Yeah, happy to. And I'm one of those people. I mean, there was a time in my life where I was trying to understand it, and I'm still trying to understand it. As a human, I'm constantly evolving. I would say that if the number one trait that you can start doing every day is what I call self awareness, and this will lead to the answer that you're asking me. Whenever you can take a step back in your head and say, Okay, I'm standing here right now, in fact, I'll give you a simple exercise. You literally can say, Look, what am I doing right now? You just ask yourself that in your head. And right now I'm doing this interview with you. So that's what I would say to myself. Okay, I'm doing this interview with Matt. Okay, why am I doing this interview? Because I believe in what Matt is doing and because I would love to talk about mindfulness because we talked about this earlier. Like, these are two steps to self-awareness. And the third one is, do I like this activity? And naturally it's yes. But if there's no's in any of those three questions, then you are not in control of your life in a way. Because when you can feel that you're doing something that you want to do and it makes you happy and you're aware of what you're doing, then you're self-aware. And that's your inner energy or side dictating the external activity that you decided to do. Okay. I want to How's ask, that? that? Or is that too complex? I, no, can go I mean, well,
0: I, I want to ask you, about this concept, this ever elusive concept of happiness, because you've mentioned twice now that you want to do the things that make you happy or that you want to be doing that you perceive as good. And a lot of people would look at that and say, oh, well, we can't always do what we wish that we could be doing or, oh, maybe this is... Mindfulness is supposed to be about compassion for the entire planet, yet Ash is talking about his self right now. So how can we take selfishness out of the equation and have people understand that that's it, it's not about being selfish, as I'm, as I'm sure you would agree?
1: Yeah. So believe me, I can totally relate to you. I have struggled with this. Even sometimes, I've still struggled with this concept of Okay, if I'm doing things that make me happy, even if it doesn't make the world feel good, am I being selfish? And I would say to you that change the way you think. What I would say is if you are doing something that makes you feel good, then you can then give the best version of yourself, whether it's this interview, whether it's doing work, whether it's communicating with people, whether it's writing, whether it's playing a sport. If you do something that makes you feel happy, then you want to do it. And when you want to do something, you love to do it in a way. And when you love to do something, you're giving the best version of yourself to the world. So you actually are giving the world a service by doing something that's happy, therefore. That's what I would say. Perfect. Perfect. I feel like this is like mindfulness logic haiku. I love this conversation. It's very like... I don't know, like I feel like we're like uh, you know those Greek scholars and like Plato that use these like if X happens, why happens? Like I, I love this. It's like mindful philosophy. <laughs>
0: sure. Well, it, it's it's important for people to understand the concepts, but then we'll try. You know, and I don't want to be all philosophical during our conversation because I want to get into some actionable things that people can do to have these direct experiences where they begin to, well, experience these things. But yeah, it's very important for to try to dispel some of the things that we might have grown up with. Like, oh, you have to make other people have that. You, everybody listening here probably has heard from a parent or a relative or a teacher that they spent way too much time doing things for other people. They were never able to make themselves happy and they thought that they should always be in service. But those people are probably running themselves into the ground, making themselves miserable. And now it's coming into everyone's awareness that, yeah, we need to take good care of ourselves if we're going to be able to help others. I mean, even when it comes down to the food that you eat, yes, if I am in the United States and I go for a mid-afternoon $12 smoothie with all sorts of antioxidants and really good stuff for my body and for my mind, and I could say, yeah, how could I be spending $12 on a smoothie right now? I can't believe I do this almost every day when there are people out there starving. But unless I take the best possible care of myself within the resources that I have to try to be able to make myself, well, happy or fulfilled, then I can be able to extend a helping hand to, to other people, be kinder to, to other people. And I think, yeah, that's just so important that we, we get that
1: message out there. Yeah, that's kind of what you're saying. And, and, you know, the other thing, too, is um, the more you just simply ask yourself, like, you know, do I want to be in this place or do I want to associate with these people? Or my favorite thing is, is let's say you feel like stressed or you feel dehydrated or what they are hung over even. You ask yourself, well, what did I do to create this feeling? Then you realize that a lot of times you took those actions. You decided on your own to do it and you can say well what do i do now moving forward to not have that happen again and that's also like what this whole idea of self awareness is i think the whole idea of before you really understand what is mindfulness or inner outer really master this concept of self awareness really it's about as often as possible ask yourself like am i in this am i doing what i want to do am i with the people i want to do am i am i choosing to do activities? Is this going to make me feel better or worse? Is, there, is it short-term benefit versus long-term benefit? You know, well, there's different questions you can ask yourself, but it's really important for you to do that. Absolutely.
0: Ash, I wanted to ask you, how can we be more mindful of the judgment that we place on people and the situations that we may find ourselves in? For The one that pops up, the classic example that I always think of is when I lived in New York and I would walk between my office and the yoga studio where I would frequent. I had to walk by McDonald's and guarantee there were people outside smoking. There were morbidly obese people coming in and out and it it smelled terrible. And it was a practice in mindfulness on the walk as to not judge this corporation, as to not judge this trap that these people had fallen into. And i was I'm curious how, if someone just an everyday example of okay, you get invited to a birthday party, but it's one of those birthday parties that you know is going to get a little too out of hand and you're gonna have to call it quits at a certain hour before people start making excuse me but fools out of themselves, but you don't want to <laughs> want to judge them. How can people navigate these everyday situations um, maybe with a bit more kindness?
1: you know this is a great conversation. I love this because. I would say that you have to change the way you think. Kind of like self-awareness. You have to like add that to your mix if you haven't done it where you have to reflect and ask yourself whether currently in my is this what I want to do or in, or post is this something where like, you know, what did I do to make me feel like this from the past? You have to look stop looking at things at least from the context of is this going to be a good experience or bad experience? You just have to look at it as can I learn something from this? Or can I get a good can I get a blessing from it? So what I say is, get rid of the word failure and look at things as either a lesson or a blessing. When you start to do that, when you sometimes deal with a toxic situation or bad environment, which might have been out of your control, you might have told yourself, "I'm going to control this situation prior and not be in a place with smoke or whatever." You were kind of saying, "Ask yourself, okay, what can I learn from this moving forward so I don't apply this again?" Then it's actually good for you in in the long run.
0: Okay. So take me to that birthday party. Take me back to my days at Whiskey Tavern in Chinatown in New York, where I know there would be a lot of shenanigans going on and I would be trying to avoid it. But eventually a friend would call me and I'd get sucked into the situation. And then when I was there, I don't know, five plus years ago, I would really get into my head about, oh God, it's the same old thing. This person is going to do the same stupid shit, excuse me. But what can we learn from that situation if it's constantly repeating itself?
1: You can learn to become more resilient. So the most mindful, successful, driven people that I have learned from or I have met in my life, take a situation like that and say to themselves, look, like I have love for this person's birthday. I'm going to be there because they are someone that I care about. And... The bonus point is, is that I will develop some experiences dealing with some toxic people so that maybe in the next, maybe in the, you know, so in another time in my life, I might be in another situation like that. I'll be better. I'll know how to better handle them. I'll know how to, you know, sway a conversation so that they might not be pushing drinks at me, but instead I just might make them laugh and they can, you know, not interfere with my style. That's the thing. Like that resiliency that you learn from that experience makes you a better person. So that's the lesson behind it.
0: Okay, cool. Ash, actually this might be a nice place to elaborate for people and go a little bit deeper in in this direction because you seem like you have a good head on your shoulders, of course. I'm curious if you still go out, if you still drink, how you handle these types of of situations while trying to be as mindful as possible.
1: Oh, man, for sure. In fact, and we're going to talk about, you know, later on because you'd ask me offline what's the name of the this new kind of meditation mindfulness project I'm doing it's called mindful hustle for a reason like i'm insanely mindful but i'm also like to live my life as fun and productive on an outer side as possible i'm just more cautious of the actions i choose and try not to do things to myself so absolutely i go out do i do things which would long term affect you know, hurt me, I do my best not to. I'm human. I mean, I might be put in situations, I just have to deal with it. So absolutely. What I would say to your other question about alcohol, that's an interesting conversation. So for me, I'm more self-aware of if I drink something, I will get this toxic feeling the next day or what they call hangover or irritability or dehydration. i so. of that. I bet you have. (laughs) Hey, man, I've had my fun too. I was in a college journey. I I know I've been there, done that. Um, You know, for me, it's just about that's the other thing, man. When you start to really just focus on yourself and just doing things that are happy, you make your life less complicated. So, what I'm saying to you is that, like, I'm not really drinking right now, but unless there is some inspiring feeling that it would make me feel good. But I'm not saying I'm never drinking again. I'm taking a You know, pseudo 12-step AA-type style thinking. I'm not doing any of that because I've never had a toxic habit to alcoholism or alcohol. So that's what I would say. Just enjoy the moment. Keep life simple. If you want to drink, drink. If you don't want to drink, don't drink. But that's the other thing is I feel that this new wave of mindfulness that I'm seeing with millennials like you and I and others is that we stop. We're not about telling others how to live. We just live the way we want to live and we just keep it simple and we respect others.
0: Great. And so this has come up a few times lately on the podcast. But when you get into those types of situations where, again, you get into a conversation, we all have that vegan friend who all of a sudden just wants to preach to you about veganism. Or, you know, when I, when I go out and maybe I'll abstain, probably I'll have a beer or two. When I'm there, you know, When I'm with those people, I'm not going to sit there and, talk and you know, lecture them on the dangers of alcohol. I mean, first of all, everybody knows. But second of all, it's just not any fun. But when you find yourself on the flip side of the coin, when you are trapped in one of those conversations, or let me ask you this, how can people spread the good word without being preachy or invasive into someone else's business? Because if anybody out there is drinking right now while they listen to this, it's it's really none of my business. I think that they would be better off if they didn't for the most part. However, having a drink or two can certainly ease social anxiety and, and these types of things. But how can people continue to spread, spread a positive message without being that vegan friend, if you will?
1: By living it. Everything I've told you so far in this conversation are things that I do to myself or I have learned and I'm trying to apply. I didn't once say to you, this is the only way or this is the way. I just You asked me a question, I just gave you an answer. And the answers that I've given you are just things that I am doing to live in this life. And you might say after this interview, oh, wow, like Ash's talk on how failure is not really, it should be more about lessons and blessings, less about did I fail or not. Maybe I should apply that. Then I did my job. I, I lived my life and shared how I live my life. And it's you either apply it or you don't apply it. And that's what's cool about when you are more connected with yourself is that you stop caring about how the world perceives you or how the world should live. You got to focus on how you live more than anything. And this will make you the best human. I don't know, that's how I live at least. Sure. No pun intended. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's great. So, okay, so if
0: people have had life-changing experiences or say they haven't, right? I've also had the friend, uh, there's a podcast back in the archives. It's probably one of the First 25 podcasts that I recorded, my friend John Schnett. And uh, he was taught, God, I hope this wasn't a private conversation. And he actually said it on the podcast, but whatever. He's a good buddy. I'll I'll share his story. He talked about how, all right, he went paleo and then he would literally go to other people's houses and start throwing out their carbs. And he had to kind of tune it back, you know, tone it back a little bit. And so I'm curious how you spread your message because you've clearly had all these positive things that have come your way, these new practices. So how can people go about spreading their message because you live it, but then you also give a TED Talk and you're a radio host. (laughs) And I'm sure you've done quite a, a lot of social media updates on this. So how can people do that tactfully and share their story?
1: That's a great question. And I feel that the way to do it is don't obsess about the amount of people or time, just focus on you know just doing it every day. So like in Radio World, just to take a segue for a sec, I have a very successful radio show and it wasn't like it was given to me. I had to work my tail off and it still has a lot of growth, but it's fairly successful. It's national and it has has interviewed a lot of great people. But the reason why is because I just focus on doing the best job, whether it's one listener or thousands of listeners or tens of thousands of listeners. So that's the same thing I would say in this situation is stop worrying about external accolades or things of that sort. Do something because you just care about changing the world in your own way. Or if you don't want to be that Elon Musk type thinker, you just want to try to make the world better or just even more simple, just be a good human to to yourself and to the world. Just focus on that and keep. Keep shit simple, bro. Kind of like the beer thing. Like I said, I don't really drink right now because I sense that change in my vibe or vibration or frequency inside. But man, if I get thrown a beer because of some situation or if my mom and dad who still socially drink, say, hey, it's Christmas, have a beer. I'm not going to say no. Let's go with it. Cool. Live, learn on, move on. You know, The number one thing that I think we all can get that can deter us in my experience, again, using what I've learned is stress. And the way you get stressed, I feel, is when you obsess on what others think of you versus not doing that.
0: Uh, Could you repeat that part one more time about stress?
1: Yeah, stress. I think one of the reasons why you get stressed is because you focus on what others, you care about what others think about you versus not caring about others think about you. If you don't care what other people think about you and care more about how do I feel about myself, then you'll be less stressed.
0: Uh-huh, okay, so how can mindfulness help people be more aware of
1: that? It goes back to that, yeah, no, sorry to interrupt you. It goes back to that inner-outer, when you realize that you can control more things from how you think and how and what you want to do versus external factors affecting you, then you feel this lightweightness. You feel like, oh, wow, okay, so I have a friend who is going through his own bout of alcoholism, let's just say, do I care for him? Yes. Do I love them? Yes. Will I be there for them? Yes. But that's their journey. It's not my journey. I'm not the one drinking with him. I'm not the one who is supplying him the booze. I'm not the one who has made him an alcoholic. He chose to be an alcoholic. I got to live my life and not let that stress me.
0: Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. No, that's, that, that's certainly fair enough. So kind of bringing people down these steps. They might have a message to share and they want to start doing something that brings them greater happiness, that they are passionate about maybe a project or a business or a nonprofit that they want to pursue that they think would be beneficial to themselves and others. You have this concept called mindful hustle. So tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I really like the traditional mindfulness idea of, you know, being still or quiet in your mind, learning to become self-aware, learning to realize that the, your inner world can influence your outer world. Things that I've shared with you in this conversation. However, I'm also very ambitious. I want to help make this world be a better place. And in order to do that, I have to hustle. I have to whether it's closing deals whether it's building my businesses whether it's helping impact other people whether it's you know creating more content I have to hustle like I have that in me and this is a common trait that peak performers like which I call athletes or entrepreneurs or business professionals or creative types all these types have that in them they have that hustle energy in them so what I realized is that the more you can apply these Mindfulness concepts and, and ideas that I'm that we're conversating about, and you can apply it to your work world. You can transform yourself to be a more productive and happier entrepreneur. And again, like anything I'm sharing with you, I'm I'm using myself as an example. You know, it's kind of like the way one thing I like about like the Tim Ferris kind of mindset is like, okay, I'm a human guinea pig. I'm gonna like talk about certain things because I tried it on myself or I was curious about it. Here's what I learned from it. And if I like it, I'm going to share that perspective. So for me, I have found that the more mindful I am, and we could talk about daily habits and rituals, routines, etc. After that, this conversation, the better, more purpose-driven entrepreneur I am, which means making more money, which is doing things that makes more happy, which eliminates stress, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's that's all reasons that makes me want to you know, create the Mindful Hustle brand.
0: Okay, so Ash, there's an age-old struggle that I think entrepreneurs have to deal with. And there's the concept of hustling and doing more and wanting more and achieving versus sitting and just being. And if entrepreneurs are even aware of that you can possibly sit still, I was not one of those people until I started practicing yoga. But you know, there's, there's the detachment and there's the idea of detachment and needing less and becoming more minimalist and improving the quality of your life by not trying to do everything and not grinding and hustling and aging quickly like Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, so how do you balance that?
1: The mindful hustle concept, and it seems like and if I had to make a outer stereotype and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way you are looking at your life now is you and I have recognized that the more often we can be happy and less stressed, the better entrepreneur we we will be and that can mean more money, more impact, more a mission that you want to make sure it gets happened, et cetera, et cetera. And the only way I can under, I can feel that can happen is by taking a break at times and just just being more mindful of your environment and that toxicity of the prior stereotype that you have to work till you're you know work till you have no energy left or it, it'll destroy you and I and don't believe me look at the people that you might reference who are claiming that they grind 120 hours a week for 10 years of their life they don't look healthy bro. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical degree, disclaimer. But I can tell you from an, from just looking at them, and I don't think anyone can doubt, argue with me on this, people like that aren't healthy. They're just one way, they're focused, and I want to live my life and I want to enjoy it along the way. Sure,
0: and, and of course, I, I mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, but he's someone who I've had a fair amount of interaction with it, and inspired me when I went to his Web 2.0 conference uh, keynote where he really... This was in 2008, and that's what kind of set him off on this trajectory. Of course, he was not an overnight success, but that was what kind of got him his social media fame or, or or was a big tipping point. But, you know, I've interviewed his brother, AJ, and he talks a lot about how he had to quit VaynerMedia because of health issues. And so I definitely suggest going back and listening to that for anybody out there. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate balance um, at Ash. Of course, you say, all right, so you say, be mindful while you're at work and maybe be aware of the amount that you are working and be, yeah, be mindful of your stress levels and is this making me happy or is this not? But then what? Because becoming aware of it is, sure, I guess that's uh, more than half the battle, as they say, but then you actually have to do something about it. So what can people do?
1: This is when you have to revisit, when you're self-aware to the point where where you can say, okay, I realize that I need to do things that are more productive or more abundant or more Impact, but less time, or whatever the thing, whatever you you feel makes sense for you, then start to write write it down, or start to apply it. You're right. You can't be in this like, oh, I'm mindful. Well, okay, well, that's where the hustle part comes in. All right, how do I apply that into my hustle? And you have to find the routines that work for you. So, you know, when you asked me about mindfulness in the beginning, as an example, you gave me like four or five examples. You told me about the Zen Buddhism. You told me the Mick mindfulness. You told me about the You know, there's the spiritual type. I even mentioned the biohacking. Try out things that make sense to you and find the one that works for you. Sure, sure. Okay.
0: But yes, again, becoming aware of that. But then if people want to make an action plan and they say, all right, I am way too stressed or I am doing things that don't make me happy in life or I'm stuck in this job right now or I'm in a toxic relationship. Of course, I'm asking you to apply a a large piece of generic advice and blanket, all of these types of situations where people could find themselves in. But okay, so you've tried out your different flavor of mindfulness. You realize that there are things that you want to change then where can people go? Because that's not easy just to say, all right, you're uh, right. Fuck it. I'm out.
1: I'm out. I'm going to quit my job. So I found that. I found that. I found that gap too. I I hear what you're saying. That's actually why I'm building the Mindful Hustle brand. As of this interview, when it goes live, the Mindful Hustle programs will be live, at least a variation of it. And so what I want to do is fill that gap because you're right. I meet a lot of entrepreneurs and alpha types who are like, hey, I want to understand mindfulness or I want to do mindfulness or I want to I get the idea or you know if it works I'll try it where do I go from there and I want to help solve that gap. I feel in the mindfulness in meditation and all these other media content and communities out there it's a lot of it is focused on personal growth, personal development less on the the business side or the business hustle or the people like you and I. So I want to help fill that gap. I actually agree with you. That's actually a problem I want to solve because I've not only encountered it myself, but I've interacted with many entrepreneurs who have said that to me. Like, what do I go from here? So I want to help solve that.
0: Okay, so what type of resources do you provide or are these... Joining a community could be extremely helpful for people who are trying to take the next step in their life. I mean, that's a great thing about under 30 experiences is while we're not a personal development community and we don't say, come on a trip and quit your job and break up with your toxic partner, there's no programming whatsoever around that. But when people go on their first trip abroad or when they go on their, whatever, 15th trip somewhere amazing and they have that time to reset and think for themselves a little bit and come home and want to take action... But then people are lost. So we talk about reintegration from our trips quite a bit. So yeah, maybe you went on your 10-day meditation retreat, but then you got home. Or or forget the 10-day retreat because that sounds crazy to people. All right, you've been practicing your five to 10 minutes of meditation every morning for a few weeks and you're starting to feel more calm because of it and you're becoming a little bit more mindful at work that you just want to snap at everybody. But then what can people do? you right.
1: Yeah. What can people do? Yeah. So that's actually what I'm building. The Mindful Hustle is a tribe of individuals who want to further enhance their productivity and happiness by learning and sharing and creating mindfulness type of content. So by, again mid January, by the time this interview airs or later, whenever you decide to, there will be this community for people like you and I. So you don't feel like you're alone in the journey. You're right. It's it's many entrepreneurs, including myself, have had that lonely time or that lonely feeling, which is understandable because you know you're doing things that the outer world might not get. And this community is for you to like embrace that, hey, I'm with you on this journey in my own way. And here's ways to sustain this elated purpose driven feeling. And so that's what I'm solving. I mean, you're mm-hmm. literally, you're literally giving me the, you know, if this was a, a, ca- a court case, you know, is there evidence to have something to, of needing mindfulness type of media and content and community for busy alpha male, female type of people, you're basically validating it, what you're saying. Sure. Okay. So I'm just trying
0: to have you give people, throw throw the people a bone here though, and give them some content so that yeah. they can sustain this feeling. All right. So they've, they've become more mindful. They are doing these various practices. They have joined a community where they don't feel alone. Are there more steps
1: that you give people
0: in your program?
1: Yeah. yeah. So what I'm gonna do is similar to the way this conversation is, instead of telling you how to live a certain way, like preacher style, I'm gonna show you how to live it with examples that I have I have done and others have done. So one thing I'm doing is I've been developing an interview series. So I've been interviewing a lot of these men and women who have been using mindfulness in their life and learning from them on how it can make both you and I better entrepreneurs and creators. So that's one thing. So when you see this content, you're gonna be like, Oh wow, like this is a guy or girl who is crushing it, is hustling, is an example, someone that I might know or not know, and here's how they're doing it. And so this will, A, make you realize, okay, maybe I should look into mindfulness. And then to go deeper, we're going to have various events across the country, country being America, for the start. And then we're actually launching an audible book series, which is going to be featuring you know guided meditations and peak performance principles from the lessons that both myself and these very successful people have learned. And I feel that the awareness, and that's why I keep bringing up content, but right now I have to focus on the awareness side because there's a lack of awareness and there's a lack of, I feel, under, of acknowledgement that you know mindfulness can really make you a better person in the business side. So I'm really just focused on 2019, on pushing that kind of content out there. And from that, inherently, you'll build a tribe and you'll build like-minded people, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay, and I didn't mean to beat you too much up on on that, but I did want to make sure that, again, people get actionable things. Uh, but I will say that consuming content, it can be extremely helpful to keep these practices to deepen your practices and your your motivation on these topics, on conceptualizing, Various practices on learning the science behind a lot of these things that's very important to just load it just loading up a podcast every day allows people to understand things in a deeper fashion but also keep them top of mind. What I do want to dissuade people from doing is just falling into the vicious circle of Consuming more content and then creating more content and then consuming more content and just kind of chasing their tail a little bit. It's kind of like the festival goers or the person who just goes from retreat to retreat to retreat to retreat where they're not actually doing anything. They're sorry, but they're just, it's just another form of masturbation or, or time wasting. Where, <laughs> you know, it's it, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. You, you meet the person who, oh yeah, I've just been, uh, and I mean, even travel to some point can be like this. Sure. There's tons of, of places that you could continue to go to. And I don't suggest that anybody stop traveling per se, but Just take a look at what you're doing and ask yourself, why is this making me happy? But if I'm trying to do something greater than myself, which seems to be what you were promoting here, it's important that yeah, people just, well, (laughs) be aware of it and make sure they're not just consuming for consuming sake or being like, all right, being the I got rich guy and then just... Teaching other people how to get rich without consuming, without creating something unique of their own. So, I just wanted to kind of warn people about the dangers of content while saying that it's extremely important for people to continue to consume and bring in this information. I know that was a little long winded, but I did want to throw that out there, Ash.
1: Dude, I love it. No worries, man. I love that explanation. And, you know, the whole the whole mission what what I'm doing right now is I wanna I'm building a tribe and I'm building a community of like minded people who who can be in this journey together and who can see that, you know, whether it's doing mindfulness one minute a day or twenty minutes a day or twenty minutes a week, whatever it is that makes sense for you, it's all good. As long as you're spending that time and your intent is to make yourself, which is the priority, better and happier than um the business that you're in will we'll see the results somehow.
0: Cool, cool. This is, this is great. Ash, you, you mentioned some peak performance tips in the content that you're launching soon. So I'm curious what aspects, uh, what things would you recommend people start practicing in addition to mindfulness and or meditation?
1: So I'm going to reference an interview that I heard recently. So LeBron James and his trainer did this interview with Tim Ferriss. And naturally, when you're on an interview with those two great people, Tim Ferriss asked him, you know, what do you think is your key to success to being one of the greatest, if not the greatest athlete in basketball history? And both of them emphatically said, we condition ourselves. We do daily habits. And what I got from that is that instead of focusing on what do I do right now to make this moment amazing, focus on what are some habits I can do that in the long run will help me be more productive from a peak performance standpoint. So, a few things I would say is if you start to consistently sleep better, you know, like eight, 10 hours or whatever stat you want to use or what you feel versus sleeping just to sleep and not getting enough energy, then in the long run, you'll see some long-term benefits. If you stop using your cell phone an hour before you sleep or have it in the other room, to be quite honest, or if you have to be that alarm person having it on, like do not disturb airplane mode, nothing where, there's, you know, those, where the phone is on or you know the lights and the EMF waves can interfere with your sleep. Start doing habits like that start spending more time being self-aware. So every so take take a moment and ask yourself sometimes, jump at yourself okay, hey, like where am I at right now? Am I feeling good? That's another hack I would suggest you do. The other thing too is um just I love what you do with um one of the reasons why I was so excited to do this project with you is because I love what you stand for and I love the fact that you need to experience things. Start to experience things. Okay, you might not have 3 weeks to go to Peru, But maybe you can do a weekend trip at a related event, or maybe you can save up a week to do something and get part of it for now just to get out of your systems. Seek that adventure within you. Stuff like that.
0: I like it. I like like the aspect of seeking adventure and the internal journey is quite an adventure. In fact, one that I think can be more fulfilling than the external adventure and one that's that can be equally as exciting as well to discover more about yourself. And I know that it it seems cliche about, oh, <laughs> discovering yourself. But it really is true that if you have the right type of relationship with yourself, or at least when you are able to constantly ask yourself questions and really cultivate awareness about how you're feeling and who you quote unquote, really, you know, another cliche who you really are. You learn quite a bit. And as opposed to people who don't ask themselves that question, and they don't necessarily think that there's anything there because I've been both of these people. I never had, you know, I, before I I started practicing these things, I was not aware of just a simple example like Shitty food actually made me feel shitty. I just thought that that was my baseline uh, but <laughs> in fact it it wasn't, and there were a lot of things that i could that I could really do so yeah i'm I'm just really thrilled that you were going out and and spreading this message.
1: yeah, no, I love that man. I appreciate that and you know the other thing too, um going back to stress a so peak performance, one thing is just start to stop being yourself up so much, like let life go, learn that. Okay, sometimes you might not have the best day, but that's what's great about life is that you can make it up the next day or the next week or the next time. And I know it's easier said than done. You're like, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it. But if you start to like, the more you habitually do something where you start to think like this or start to do certain activities or start to make it a habit of traveling once in a while when you normally don't, then the more you will just be conditioned to just be mindful. Kind of going back to LeBron James, like he's been an athlete for his whole life. But the last 14 years, he's literally been doing the same conditioning and workouts and activities. So it's just a part of him. So start to keep, you'll eventually see that these things I mentioned will just be a part of you.
0: That's great. And Ash, before we wrap up, I know a lot of people out there listening are very hard on themselves and do beat themselves up. And I can be quite difficult with my myself as well. And I'm curious how you would encourage them to let things go because it's
1: certainly a lot easier said than done. So I, there, there again, I'm just sharing what I have done and what I've learned from other inspiring people in my life. Just the acknowledgement of, I'm being hard on myself is like a huge step because sometimes you can make excuses and say, well, it's because of this or that. And those are often because you're letting the outside influences control you. So going back to the alcoholic example, like you can love and care for someone who's an alcoholic and want to be there for them. And you can either choose to be hard on yourself saying, oh, I should have been there more for him or her. Or you can say, look, I did my best and that's their journey i gotta focus on my journey and if this experience can make me a better person and then at the same time help that person when i can and when they want then i'm gonna use that versus beating myself up saying i wish i did this i regret doing this stop regretting stop thinking of things as failure and stop just real stop beating yourself up and i know it's easier said than done but you have to just condition yourself to start small every day and go further and further and further does that make sense and i can go again if you know, does it make sense for you but I, I that's how i live
0: no i mean look it's this is not an easy thing for for people to accomplish and it's a yeah constant journey so yeah appreciate that you were able to give a little nugget there that hopefully people can take with them if if that applies to them so no very very awesome. good ash uh I wanted to ask you, of course, if people are interested in getting in touch with you directly, engaging with you on social media, or becoming part of your community, where can they find you online?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, again, honored to be on this show. I love what you're doing, and I will do my best to help promote what you're doing, regardless of this interview, now that I've gotten to know you better. My Instagram is Ash, A S H K U M R A. So the best way to reach me is through Instagram or my LinkedIn, which is the same A-S-H-K-U-M-R-A. And look up the community, which will be Mindful Hustle. That's M-I-N-D-F-U-L-X-Hustle.com. So that will be the community for the, the mindfulness type of tribe, uh, media and community that I've been mentioning in this uh, conversation. So if you want to connect to me directly, you know Instagram and LinkedIn, Ash Kumra, or Mindful Hustle, mindfulx H-U-S-T-L-E. If it's something you want to really connect on a deeper personal level and you don't feel comfortable sharing on social media, then send me an email. A-S-H at mindfulxhustle.com.
0: Ash, you're the man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Thanks, brother.